11 or a 16 11 lead for the Cavs over your Blazers right now, Krista. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> You got, I, I think still, they're a 12 and a half point dog. I though. really do envy the future of the, the Blazers, though. Athletic, long, lean. Oh, oh, by the way, I know that we're about to talk football, but I just mm-hmm. did want to rub it in. Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole are the worst one-two punch <laughs> in the NBA right now. They have a negative 34 and a half plus minus uh, net rating when they're on the floor together. When Jordan Poole's off the floor, your offense functions number one in the league. So hey, it's hey. time to figure I'm out a way to get... I'm a Knicks fan first. Right, Wizards just, are the side piece team. You know right, that. I'm just telling you. know you. that. Uh, listen, I knew the Wizards were going to be bad. At least they finally have an, a front office that's decided to tank the whole season and just really gut that thing. They'll probably trade Kuzma anyway. He's talking about the team's defense. I'm like, bro, have you not watched? Like, have you this watched is, yourself? This is, yeah, you and also the rest of this team. You've been doing it for years. It's nothing new. They're, they're terrible. So a uh, little less than an hour, of course, kickoff Thursday night football. We got Deion Sanders on the pregame show right now. Coach Prime. Season two coming out for them. Where Actually, are my sunglasses? I, I need that. to put them on right He's now. Got, well, then you'd be copying Dion. Dion's well, I'm already wear, started. I wear them. I'm wearing them. <laughs> well, you've got your scarf, so I think that works, See, which no, is the size of a freaking outside. anaconda. Yeah, it's, your... like, it's, in, uh, it's an homage to Lenny Kravitz, who's releasing a new album. He just was on the cover he of Esquire. Wear, he does wear really big scarves. Yeah, he does. Really, really, really big scarves. All right, James Coe jumps on with us. Co-owner, Reception Perception Podcast. He does not have a large scarf on, though. Just a regular T-shirt like me. It's it's much, much simpler. That way, I guess it's a little warmer where you know where you're sitting right LA, now. Guys. A, that's well, it could get a little chilly in LA sometimes, you know. Hey, so we were talking earlier about Tony Pollard. Uh, I love pretty much all of his props tonight. Trista as well. Uh, just yeah, given too. the matchup and where Seattle is, what type of game do you expect him to have? Though maybe not just as a receiver, but also in, in the run game. It feels to me like you're starting to see a little more of them go. Oh, I guess we should get Tony Pollard involved just a little bit more in the offense week by week. The Cowboys are one of the most narrative-heavy teams in the NFL. It's like Brandon Cooks does nothing, so they start writing about Brandon Cooks. What happens? He starts blowing up. Then they start talking about Tony Pollard. My dude Tony Pollard can't score, hasn't scored since week one. What do they do? They're like, oh, yeah, we'll just go ahead and give it to Tony Pollard. He's going to start scoring some touchdowns. They're the one of the most narrative-heavy teams uh, in the NFL. So, yeah, I agree with you. I love everything about Tony Pollard today. Seattle, they absolutely cannot stop the run, especially in recent weeks. Um, 88 and a half total yards for, for Tony Pollard. Is that the line today at, at a minus 110? I'll go ahead and take that. I'll smash that all day long. Give me the over on 88 and a half for Tony Pollard. What are we doing with Seattle's receivers props tonight, given we know that Geno Smith is terrible with the collapsing pocket, a.k.a. a dirty pocket? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Sure. Let's go. Try chains. Let's let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing with the receiver props? Are we taking unders? Uh, you know the the Cowboys actually are a great real life defensive team, but you know to be honest, they actually do give up some production uh, in regards to yardage, right? So I think overall, I'm okay with some of the, the the props that we're looking at here for for the wide receivers. I don't feel a great way. Either way, on the over-unders, when we're talking about the Seattle wide receivers, mostly because, again, how are they going to utilize these three guys? It seems as if they only get two guys to get going. It's either going to be DK and Tyler or JSN and Tyler or JSN and DK. They can't get all three of them involved. And it's almost like, you know, a revolt. It's like that, uh, you know, keep your eye on the, the, the shell game, right? Where, where you're trying to figure out who's going to, to pop off for Seattle. So I don't know, man, for these receivers, I'm just not touching these props right now because I'm just scared of them. 
Same. You know, CeeDee Lamb's been interesting, right? Because there was all this talk. You talk about narratives, right? Not Brand, not even before Brandon Cooks, it was CeeDee Lamb. And is he a number one receiver? And then you have that streak of all those games where he's putting up over 150 yards receiving. And we're like, oh, yeah, I guess CeeDee Lamb is a number one receiver. But the last couple weeks, games have been blowouts, right? Just 38 yards receiving against Carolina, just 53 against Washington. And is that like, I, obviously in fantasy, nobody's benching, C, or I hope not, benching CeeDee Lamb in this game. But I, I do worry a little bit that Seattle just gets kind of blown out of the building in this, and that maybe affects the targets and maybe some of the production for C.D. Lamb because they just pull back and try to just run the clock. Is that a concern at all for you? You know, I did have that concern actually against Carolina. I was thinking, okay, these guys are going to absolutely get, you know, just – Carolina's dog water, man. I mean, they're horrible, right? So you're thinking, okay, Dallas is going to come out. They're going to come out firing. But you know what I've noticed with Dallas, especially in recent weeks, is that they've basically handed over the entire offense to Dak. And they just said, you know what? Go ahead and go do your thing, kid. Um, and, and, and as a result, the offense has been great. So even in blowout victories, I think Dak has really come through. I'm really not that worried about C.D. Lamb. Uh, I think he's going to go ahead and get his. Um, the... It's the outside cornerback matchup that has me a little bit concerned, right? So right now, when you look at Brandon Cook's um, line, it's 40 and a half, and it is getting juiced up, man. It's minus 120 right now. Uh, I think when I first saw it come out, it was it was minus 110, but people seem to be hammering the over on this, and I know he's been over 40 in four of his last five games, and he's been an integral part of this offense. It's just the matchup doesn't look that good. Seattle on the outside has been really, really good. They've been a little bit more susceptible on the inside. That's where C.D. Lamb primarily lives. I think Lamb's going to get his. I'm a little bit worried about Brandon Cooks on the over of 40 and a half. The Texans have been an awesome story. Uh, not just Noah Brown and his emergence. Uh, not just uh, C.J. Stroud, Rookie of the Year, but Tank Dell. Tank Dell came out of nowhere. What are we doing with Tank Dell props? The Broncos defensively have looked a lot better, uh, getting healthy, but also a lot more motivated considering the offense is functioning better as well. What, What do you do there? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually fading C.J. Stroud in fantasy and, you know, in, in prop betting as well. And as a result, what's the trickle down, right? So you want to be able to fade uh, some of their wide receivers as well. I think, you know, Nico Collins and, um, and as you mentioned, Tank Dell uh, on high alert here. Okay, because listen, from a fantasy perspective, Denver, we all know this. Denver has been so much better defensively. Um, you know, especially over the last four or five weeks here, right? Um, they've allowed the six fewest fantasy points per game to quarterback over the last eight weeks. And this includes, by the way, games against Patrick Mahomes, games against Josh Allen. This has been a big-time run funnel defense for the Denver Broncos. I think the Houston Texans may try to lean on the run game just a little bit. Damian Pierce is getting a little healthier. Not that I love Damian Pierce props or anything like that. But I do have Devin Singletary marked down as a sleeper. Um, in this matchup. Again, when I talk about that run funnel defense, man, 5.4 yards per carry allowed to running backs. That's dead last in the NFL over the last eight weeks. They're dead last in run stuff rate over the last eight weeks, and they've allowed the second highest explosive run rate as well. I think Devin Singletary slowly kind of sort of taking over that backfield a little bit. I do wonder if he pops off. 
No, it's funny to hear you to say that you're going to fade C.J. Stroud when everything has been about C.J. Stroud and, you know, the season that he's having. But matchup-wise, I mean, obviously that does make sense. How many times over, like, the last month have you actually done that, though? I feel like C.J. Stroud has just always been bet the over on his passing yards. He's a must-start in fantasy. That's got to be a weird thing to even come out of your mouth at this point. Oh, I know I'm going super against the grain here, okay? No one wants to hear me say, nobody wants to hear anybody say, say uh, fade C.J. Stroud. I'm just saying, you know, listen, from, from a matchup perspective, C.J. Stroud has obviously been going off, but he's been facing the Jacksonville ja- Jaguars, who their pass defense is trash. Arizona's pass defense, obviously trash. They just gave up four uh, touchdowns, passing touchdowns to, to Matt Stafford. Cincinnati's a little bit banged up in that matchup, and then Tampa Bay has been really, really bad as well, right? So I just think from a matchup perspective, he's really benefited. Don't get me wrong, Stroud's been great. I'm not here to, like, you know, try to, like, you know, you know, pour water on his parade or whatever, man. But right. I just think the matchups have been awesome. This matchup, not so much. And, and no one wants to hear it. But I, I'll just give my, you know, I got to call it the way I see it. And I think C.J. Stroud may be a little bit of a disappointment in fantasy and in the, the, the player prop market. Speak your truth, James Coe. Yeah. Speak your truth. Don't, don't sugarcoat it. You got to be honest. If that's how you feel, Ex- that's how you feel. Exactly. Damn it. Say it with your chest. All right. So there's two wide oh, receivers yeah. that I've played every single week outside of Tyreek Hill Amon Ross St. Brown and A.J. Brown. Yeah. Uh, which Brown do you think has the best matchup to have 100 yards in the touchdown? Uh, I mean, if it's not. Oh, man. That's. um. That's a tough one. I, look, I, it's really hard to go against A.J. Brown, period. And the fact that he had a little bit of a slow game um, in his last matchup makes me feel like A.J. Brown's probably going to come through. It's very rare for him to put together multiple, you know, slow games here. So for me, I think A.J. Brown is probably going to pop off for 100-plus just because that's what they do in Philadelphia, man. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride with A.J. Brown. And again, I never want to bet against A.J. Brown. He's like a player that literally is untouchable. So I'll go ahead and go Brown there. Talking to James Coe, bet MGM tonight. So Christian McCaffrey is just pretty much, as we know, a every single week. Expect him to score a touchdown, maybe two in a game. You're always betting that. He's obviously a must-start for everybody in fantasy. Uh, but when you look at this 49 49- That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you. Ball is BetQL Network with Bet for the Cycle. Professional smartass on the radio. Rob Brown couldn't hit a baseball off a high school. Soccer, double plays, props, and parlays. Not a run line here. Tease it up to an alternate. Saturday from noon to four Eastern. I 
Ayuk this week. I think he goes crazy. And, of course, obviously Debo's got a chance to go off as well. But San Francisco, it, it's really funny. San Francisco has zero sleepers. There's no sleeper yeah. running backs. They don't play a slot receiver. There's no third receiver to go to. You know what you're going to get. It's meat and potatoes. And, man, it's, it's a gourmet meal every single week. Speaking of no sleepers, the Dolphins don't have sleepers either. Uh, Commanders, we know that they're a slump buster team. You can just go after their secondary, and now they don't have any pass rush either. Who do you love the most on there? Uh, if you don't love Tyreek Hill and Tua, you know, I don't know what to do with you, man. I mean, obviously, from a DFS perspective, that's going to be a heavy stack this week uh, against Washington. Washington has allowed two-plus touchdowns to quarterbacks in seven of eight weeks. The only quarterback who has not had two plus touchdowns against my uh, against Washington in this fan is Mac Jones and we know about New England and the dumpster fire that is the Patriots right now in fact they've given up three plus touchdowns in three of their last five games so yeah smash 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 spot for Tua and Tyreek but again I really like uh, Raheem Mostert in this one as well Devin A. Chan may come back in this one but it's all good Um, give me Mostert Uh, the, 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 the commanders have given up the seventh most fantasy points per game uh, to running backs over the last eight weeks uh, on the flip side, guys, man, when I take a look at Brian Robinson, oh, my God. Yes. I, not only am I saying fade Brian Robinson, I don't know how you play Brian Robinson <laughs> in this matchup. Okay, Robinson generally has been not good. As a matter of fact, he's been bad in big trailing game scripts. Obviously, Miami a huge nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. I think James Robinson gets absolutely shut out in this ball game. So I wanted to go back to the Tyreek because I was a little bit sad when CeeDee Lamb didn't go crazy against the Commanders because I was taking alt numbers, alt yardage, two, you know, two, three touchdowns for the quarterback, but then CeeDee only had 54-plus yards because Dak was able to spread the sugar around. Is that an anomaly, yeah. or do you think that's a possibility with Tyreek in this sort of like multi-pronged offense as well? So I look at alignment data for a lot of these folks, right? And C.D. Lamb lines up primarily as a slot receiver, right? So he's going to line up inside. Where where you really want to attack Washington, man, is on the outside. You know, we're talking about a team that is absolute just trash on the outside. They're so bad on the outside. It is incredible. Uh, you talk, you take a look at some of these outside wide receivers that have really done work on it. Brandon Cooks obviously um, had a great game. Darius Slayton had a good game against, uh, against the Commanders as well. I mean, anywhere you look, anywhere on their schedule, outside wide receivers have done really, really well. So no, Tyreek Hill, who lines up almost exclusively as an outside wideout, man, I think he's going to go crazy. And by the way, you're talking about spreading that sugar around uh, we talked about it with San Francisco. Uh, it's same thing in Miami, man. Like they go to their guys, they go to Jalen Waddle, they go to Tyreek Hill, and that is it. You know, maybe you sprinkle in a little Braxton Berrios every now and again, but the tight end position doesn't even exist in Miami. I don't even know who mm. their tight end is. It's so heavily yeah. concentrated. James Coe, the Reception Woo! Perception Podcast. Always love talking to you, man. Spittin'. Thanks for giving us the time. Let's go. Hey, anytime you guys want, man, and, and I tell you what, I love coming on this show. I love hearing you guys' show. You guys are always killing it each and every night.
We appreciate it, man. I guess we'll have you on next Thursday then. And Scott, we're getting him on next Thursday. He's on. Good. Let's That's do it. Locked in. Locked in, ready to go. James <laughs> Coe, Reception Perception Podcast. You know, I can't wait for the day, Trista, when uh, my team is no longer a slump buster. They need to be this year. But one day, one day I'm going to care when people insult my team. But right now I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I feel the same way. You know, <laughs> we need to embarrass teams. Yeah. So they take a hard look at themselves Agreed. and make changes. Agreed. I used to say for years. Fans need to stop going to the games because it's the only way you'll make your point that the team is terrible and the owner's trash. And finally, they started to figure it out. Also, a lot of other things got them out, but you know how it is. That, that's how it works. We're not done yet. Jared Greenberg from TNT getting a little NBA, and then we'll look at some last-minute props in Thursday Night Football. It's BetMGM Tonight.